You're listening to the Bride Chilla Podcast, helping bride chillas and groom chillas plan their wedding minus the bullshit. One podcast at a time with your host, Alicia McCormack. Well, 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 it is time to talk about money again, lovely bride chillers and groom chillers. And it's always nice to have a returning guest, someone that I trust, someone that I enjoy speaking with and someone that we've received lots of great feedback the last time he appeared on the show. I'm talking about Dan Hines. Welcome back to the Bride Chiller Podcast, Dan. Thank you, Alicia. How are you doing today? Oh, I'm perky and fabulous. Oh, good. I'm delighted to be speaking with you again. Now, we heard from you in episode 321 of this here show, and you have a fantastic business called, I love the web address, Adulting with Money. And yes. uh, you are a financial coach, and you help couples get their shit together, really, when it comes yeah. to the coin. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah. And, and, you know, a great analogy, someone was asking me the other day, you know, what does a financial coach mean? And, you know, the best analogy for it is there are doctors and there are personal trainers. So I'm more of the personal trainer where I want you to get fit and get healthy with your money. But when it comes to like the really specific things, certainly there are financial advisors and insurance people that have much better answers to those very detailed questions. But I can get you on the right path. I can get you started. <laughs> yeah. And, and I'm, that's, I'm so glad that we are talking again because I know that there were lots of conversations that happened in our Facebook group, the Bride Chiller community, after your episode. And I think that even though uh, a lot of people are like, but it's a wedding podcast, why are you diverting to other things? <laughs> <laughs> but I actually love uh, talking about all the peripheral, is that a word? I think it is. Oh yeah, it yes. is. Yes. Thank you, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> the things that are on the periphery and money is a huge factor in decisions made during wedding planning, but also uh, onwards and upwards when you enter a marriage and then the next Two to 50 years, uh, I'm giving us a very broad range here um, yes. for reality mm -hmm. check time as usual. But the idea that we gel and have a good open communication uh, started about finance, and it can be so challenging for so many people because, as we spoke about in the last episode, we all come from different money stories and ways of doing things. And I'm sure yes. that's, that's a huge part of your business, I suppose, getting people to think the same way. Yeah, just and just where to get started. I, you know, if if you've ever tried to start exercising ever or start on a diet, you know, using that personal trainer analogy, you know, mm. you, you walk into a gym and there's all this equipment and you're like, uh, <laughs> okay, <laughs> well, I'm going. Now what? And then, you know, a personal trainer asks, well, what, what do you want to do? Like, uh, look good. Um, <laughs> you know, it, it's hard to know what questions to ask to begin with and what's, what's going to be good for you or what you want. And so it's, it's always nice to have that person that you trust to kind of take you by the hand and say, okay, well, let's go talk about this over here. Mm. This is that interest you? What about this over here? And, you know, you know, talking about those conversations to have and how to get started. That's where I really shine with my couples is just getting that conversation started. You know, let's start with the personal and then move on to the finance. And thus we have personal finance and, and to talk about what's our goals, what's our dreams, what do we want as a couple, what do we want as individuals and, and how to just get that conversation started, get the ball rolling, really. And I think also, you know, you mentioned before a lot of, a lot of money conversations can start in conflict or at least with confusion as to how they are ever yeah. going to see the same point of view or at least come to some sort of agreement. And that is very challenging. So I think a lot of people avoid the conversation because they don't want to have a fight or they don't want to, you know, start a thing that they don't know how to end correctly. And I suppose yeah. that's where you come in fixing <laughs> yeah. or at least we're, helping. We're 
exactly. Where's the finish line? Like, okay, I, I'm pretty sure we can get this started, but then how do we end it uh, constructively? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And and going back to when the foundations of relationships, I'm always so interested in being nosy about your clients. And I know you're very discreet, and we're not talking <laughs> yes. about specific people. Very discreet. <laughs> <laughs> You're not just, here's a word of warning. You're not going to go and talk to Dan. He's going to come on a podcast and talk about you. He's going to change your oh, name. Yeah. Exactly. Um, <laughs> I'll change your name. I'll, I mean, I'll, I might still tell the story because all great stories have a good moral to it. So uh-huh. it's, it's good to share those stories. But no, I, I change the names to protect the innocent. Oh, definitely. good. Oh, good. That's good to hear. Well, look, I, you know, today we're doing a Q&A episode. I, I, I'd like to, obviously, we've got a bunch of questions we put out to the Bride Chiller community. And it was great to see such a, a fantastic response. And really... As we said off air, there's off air. Sounds like I'm on a radio station. As we said prior to recording, uh, there seems to be a bit of a theme that we're going to discover in this. But um, before we kick off with with the bride chiller questions, just looping back to your previous clients and your current clients, mm-hmm. do you think it comes back to looking at future goals? But is it also just a, a lack of of understanding about how to talk about money. Do you think we just hit a roadblock when it comes to that out of either it's shame with debt or someone comes from a very different financial background to the other person? Is that, is that where we sort of start off? Is that what you see with your clients? Yeah. I I think part of it becomes that a couple needs to have a common language that they start talking about money in the same ways. And a lot of our conversations with my couples as we start out, we want to talk about how do they feel about debt? Do they have any debt? How did their parents handle debt? Are they, you know, do they like to go fishing? Do they like to go hunting? Do they like to go shopping? What are their hobbies? And start talking about not necessarily money as an end, but more of a means as a tool is to say, okay, here, you know, to describe, you know, here's a bench press machine. Here's what it does and here's what it's good for. So both of you understand, okay, we know whether to use that or not. Here's a hammer. Here's what, how to use it. Here's what it's good for. Here's what it's not good for. And both of you say, oh, okay, now we get it. And you start to learn together to say, how do we want to handle credit cards? How do we want to handle bank accounts and joint accounts and separate accounts? And yeah, just having that conversation to, and me being a mediator, <laughs> kind of being the middleman to say, okay, I'm also a bit of like a finance professor as well as I'm teaching you along the way, trying to figure out what you want and then saying, okay, here's some really good things you could do. Here's some things you should probably avoid. But in the end, you're adults, uh, you're, you're starting a family together or you've started a family together. And in the end, uh, sometimes you just got to go try. Uh, I know, I know in our last episode, I compared creating a budget a lot to like creating a joke and you could think of it a little bit like improv comedy where sometimes the best thing I can do for you is I'm just going to set the stage and say go Mm. and just let you try. (laughs) And if you make mistakes, that's okay. I'll be there to help coach you and say, okay, well, let's do it a little bit better this way or a little bit better that way because I I have a background. I played uh, saxophone from, you know, fifth grade all the way through college. And so I've I've been involved in music and I understand that sometimes you just got to practice to get better. And Mm. and that means I have a lot of patience (laughs) for when people try or make mistakes. I say, okay, that's cool. You tried. I'm happy that you tried. Now let's fix this one tiny thing over here and then try again. Great. And that is, that's so true, especially when there's so many facets of relationships where you just, you know, you're making it up as you go along. And as you said, just give it a crack. And if it doesn't work, pivot, find a new way to do it. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I and I think the going back to that improv comedy idea is that trying to create a space that you feel safe to try and, and it's OK to make mistakes. Uh, I was listening to an interview that Keegan Michael Key was talking about and he got started in improv comedy and went on to Mad TV. And of mm-hmm. course, now he's in movies and Key and Peele and everything else. Mm. And he talked about how especially in improv comedy is that you're a team, that you have each other's back. Yeah. And that's the great thing about marriage is that if both of you are saying, hey, we're going to try, one of us is going to make a mistake, but we have each other's back. If, if you come into the conversation with that team mentality, everything's going to go really well. <laughs> that, yeah. you know, start, starting on that foot is going to be great. Absolutely. Always say yes. Always say yes. The golden yes. rule yes of improv. <laughs> yes and, yes and, never know, because then your partner hates you. Uh, improv <laughs> partner, obviously. Okay, well, let's kick off. Bride Chiller Tiffany uh, is our first question asker. She says, Dan, my question is, how do you recommend splitting finances if one partner makes significantly more over twice as much than the other? Even splitting bills and household costs based on a percentage of our income still gives us, one of us, about $1,500 per month more of extra money, which feels inherently unfair. Thank you. <laughs> now, this is a common one that, you know, we, I, I mean, I, I'm a, a, what am I trying to say? I'm a contract worker. Sometimes I make uh, a good salary and other times I'm unemployed. So we have a very similar situation in our household. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. how do you go about finding fairness when it's uh, unbalanced in what's coming in the into the bank account? Sure. Uh, so there's, there's two things that you want to, keep in mind or look out for one is the attitude of both of you on this situation. And, but second is, is where your boundaries are. So mm. when we start to think about fairness, it's, you know, you look at sports or you look at board games or video games or anything else is that there are set rules and there are set boundaries where if you want to win, as long as you play by the rules, at least you were a good sportsman and, and you were uh, playing by the rules. It's when you go outside those rules that you start to feel that it's unfair And when it comes to a couple coming together and combining their finances, there is no line. There is no boundary yet that has been drawn. And so what is fair and and what is not fair, it's hard to define, but it's possible. It's it's something that you as a couple need to sit down and decide, okay, how how are we going to do this? Now, I, you know, my wife and I right now, I bring in about three times as much per month as she does. So I'm about 75% of the income and she's 25%. And I actually asked her this yesterday after all these questions came in to say, okay, honey, I just want to, I want to make sure, (laughs) do you, do you feel guilty or how do you feel? We seem to be doing well. And she said, well, um, I feel a little guilty sometimes. I'm like, uh oh, um, <laughs> like this is my job. But no, what it comes. But she's a very she, you know, she wants to save the whales and the dolphins and every animal on Earth. So she's a very empathetic, uh, sympathetic person. So she always feels a tiny bit guilty, but that's just her. That's that's how she is. But she said the key reason that it's not a big deal is because I'm the one making more and I don't make it a big deal. Like mm. I do, I'm the one making the money and I don't care if mm. she spends, you know, more fun money than I do or if she spends a little bit more because I'm coming into the relationship and she is as well is that we're a team. Whatever helps the team helps the team. Yes. Uh, whatever hurts the team hurts the team. It's it, it really once you shift that mindset to you're not an individual anymore and you're a team, you're a family, then those lines that what's fair and what's not fair 
start to become more clear. Now, so with uh, Tiffany and her question in the $1,500, yeah, that sounds a bit unfair. Like if, if you were just to say, hey, honey, you get $1,500 a month to do whatever you want and I get $50. Okay, yes, that is inherently unfair. It is, it's so far from 50-50, uh, but it doesn't have to be 50-50. So uh, going back to the boundary idea and how to set those boundaries, the thing you want to really start with is – the the goals for the family. So, for example, my wife and I, when we budget every month, we make sure, okay, are we going to eat? Are we going to keep a roof over our head? Do we have gas for the cars to get to work? Um, you know, are all the bills getting paid? Is our mortgage getting paid? Okay, the survival stuff, the really important stuff is taken care of. Next, uh, are we saving for our big goals? Are, is retirement going okay? Is there a vacation that we want to go on? Are there gifts? You know, it's wedding season, of course. <laughs> and so, yeah. you, know, I, you know, are there gifts that we need to buy for these weddings that we're getting invited to? And what about birthdays and our anniversary is coming up? So let's mm. make sure that we're, we've got that set aside. And then eventually you get to the end and in the budget, you're really left with three buckets. The first bucket is date money. Is there, what money do we have set aside to have fun as a couple? If we're going to go to a movie together, date night fund. Uh, if we're going to go to dinner together, date night fund. You know, the, the, the together stuff. But then the last two buckets are going to be the fun money for each of you. <laughs> and that's, that's pocket money that you get to spend without any permission from your partner. And then your partner has money they get to spend however they want without any permission. And that's where you start to draw that line is that fun money is to say, okay, everything else up to that point was family stuff is that it helps the family. We're, we're, we're reaching our goals and that's the direction we want to go. So with that, then you, that's where you draw the line. Now, my wife and I, we started out when we very first got married, we were like 50 bucks a piece in our fun money. <laughs> Which sounds very low, but we don't have expensive habits. Neither of us, you know, we don't have a boat. We don't go fishing. We don't go golfing. There's, there's not, you know, my wife isn't a huge shopper. She's a very frugal shopper. But our budget takes care of 90% of everything else. And so mm -hmm. that fun money is really coming down to, well, do we get invited out to dinner or do we have drinks? And then at some point, my wife was going out and having more meals with her friends and she went up to 75 bucks a month and I stayed at 50. And now we're both at 75 bucks a month and maybe we'll increase it more. So once you get down to that, okay, what's left for us as individuals, so much is already taken care of. It gets a lot easier to say what's fair and mm -hmm. what's not fair and draw that line. And then you say, okay, now we can, <laughs> now let's uh, take all this income into one bucket and divvy it out for the family. And then maybe we each get a little bit after that. Yeah. And I think I couldn't agree more, Dan. And I think we're six years into our marriage and nine years into our relationship now. And we have a very similar situation going on to you and your wife. And I actually think the more the deeper you get into the relationship, certainly for us, the less it's been about you're bringing in this amount and I'm bringing in this amount. It's more just chuck it in the, chuck it in the bank and sort it out. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> I couldn't yeah, tell you and how that's much. A big... Yeah. How much we each yeah. bring in individually. I just know how much is there at the end of the month or at the beginning of the month and exactly how we allocate it. I don't put ownership over the cash as much anymore. Oh, sure. Yeah. And, th and that's absolutely fine. We talked about in the last episode that, you know, I'm fine if the work, the, you know, the clicking the buttons and the spreadsheets and all that stuff, if the work is 90-10, that's fine, as yeah. long as the decisions are 50-50. And then, you know, if one of you is doing more and taking uh, care of more stuff and the other one gets to relax, all right, cool. <laughs> mm. Yeah, exactly. If someone's really good at organizing, let them be the organizer. Yes. You play to their <laughs> strengths. Absolutely. 
<laughs> That's not me. Now, um, we had a, a good little thread happening within the uh, question asking conversation that was happening. And this, I'm going to include a bit of a broad, I'm going to read the original comment and then also just note that two other bride chillers jumped in and had similar situations. Acacia, uh-huh. bride chiller, Acacia, or Acacia, if you're real posh. Um, <laughs> if you're really Australian, you go Acacia. Uh, but I don't think she'd be appreciative of that. She says, um, how to get used to sharing expenses. And this is, I think, a nice follow on to what we've just been talking about. My future spouse keeps talking about how we are going to pay, uh, work on paying off my student loans faster and we are going to pay for my car. It just sounds so insane to me. These are my loans and my car. Why should he feel inclined to contribute once we get married? And I, you know, I was reading that and I was like, where is this going? And then I thought, wow, it's a very humble sort of question to ask, really, uh-huh. because yeah. as you said, people are in teams, but then we do carry this guilt of, of having to bring STDs, sexually transmitted debts, into the, <laughs> <laughs> into the relationship. And, and so uh, Bride Chiller Elise and Bride Chiller Hillary also jumped in and said that they are experiencing similar situations. Elise actually said that she's on the other end of it and uh, she feels guilty about the opposite thing that her partner has brought in, in, in into debt, into the relationship, mm-hmm. um, and also that sort of money balance again. So how do we how do we come to grips with sharing debt if that's how you so wish to do in your relationship? Yeah, in that, I was trying to come up with a good analogy for this, mm. and the best I could think of was let's pretend you have a dog that you got before marriage, before the relationship started, and you're Can bringing this. Dog? Sure, go ahead. What do you want? I'd call it Brian Pranston. That's our future dog's name. <laughs> I love it. Okay, you said Brian Pranston. Pranston, yeah, just like Brian Pranston, Pranston from Breaking Bad, but yeah. he would be prancy because he'd be a prancy dog. So oh, cool. Okay. Very good. No, analogy. that's great. Okay, so we, so we, so you have Brian Pranston, correct? And you're you're bringing him into the relationship with you. And so let's say that you bring the the Brian with you, the dog, and your future spouse goes. You know what? You had Brian before me. Uh, you were completely fine taking care of him on your own. I'm not going to touch him. I'm not going to feed him. I'm not going to walk him. That's that's yours. Oh, no. You would think you would think your future spouse is an asshole. What a <laughs> like jerk! It, what's yeah, what's Brian that, ever done to you, mate? Exactly, and that's and you would say, <laughs> oh my goodness, that's terrible. You know, leave it to be if it were you know a, a son or a daughter. Like goodness, what have I done? Oh, burying this person. What a mistake. <laughs> and so and so, of course, that would be terrible. Now, but if you flip that conversation a little bit to say. You know, you're bringing in Brian Pranston to the relationship, into the marriage, and say, you know what? I took care of Brian on my own. Uh, it's my dog. You don't have to do anything. I will take care of him. Uh, sure, he's kind of part of the family, but don't worry. I will take care of him. You're you're starting to deny your future spouse uh, the the ability to be a team, mm. to be a family, and to help. Like, I like the dog. I like Brian. Brian's cool. <laughs> Like I want to walk Brian. I yes. want to have him kiss my face and feed him and and love on him and 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 bring him into the family. And and that's of course what you want. So if rather than a dog, you say, okay, let's talk about debt. You know, if you're bringing debt into the relationship, that STD, as you were saying, uh, <laughs> and your future spouse says, you know what, you had that before me. It was your fault. You got it. It's mm. your payments. You take care of it. Uh, I'm not going to touch it. 
you think, well, he's a bit of an asshole trying to trying to say something like that. Mm. Uh, but then flip it around again is to say, you know what? I had this debt before you. It's my debt. I'll take care of it. I was fine before this. You don't have to worry about it. You're again kind of you're stealing the chance for your future spouse to to make it part of the family and to say, you know what? I'm I want anything that helps us. I want anything that helps the team. And if paying off this debt is going to help us go on vacations faster or have room to get another Brian Pranston <laughs> and, and bring it into the family, then that's a good thing. So it, it, it can be a hard mindset to shift to say, you know, um, I was an individual. I was taking care of myself. I didn't really need you, but here we are together and I'll keep taking care of it. It's you want to have that door open to to let your spouse in to become part of the family. And yeah, if you're bringing debts along, that's fine. But we all have baggage <laughs> that we're going to bring into every relationship. Totally. And so 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 talking about it if if your partner and your future spouse wants to help take care of that, it it comes down to the conversation. That, you know, don't look at it as they say, "Well, I don't think you can take care of it, so I'm going to do it." No, no, no. We're just we're in it together now. We're a team. <laughs> Exactly. Oh, that's great. And I think that's it. It's all about the conversation. It always comes back to the communication, doesn't yeah. it, Dan? It's just saying, listen, mm -hmm. I've got this. How do you feel about that? The end. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yep. Yep. And, and so and sometimes those conversations are a bit hard just to, to get yes. started, you know, it, and that's fine. That's completely normal because not only are you trying to learn how to be a married couple, you're trying to learn how to handle money at the same time. So you're trying to learn two or three things oh. all at the same time. So that can be a lot of pressure. So so be kind to each other, forgive each other. You're both of you are going to make mistakes at some point. And so it's about saying, well, if we're going to be together be together for 60 70 years, then we need to let some of these little things go. <laughs> Otherwise, yeah. we're not going to make it. Be a team and then also once you crack that debt and then you can work on shared financial goals. And I know coming from someone that did bring a little bit of debt into the relationship, the relief that I think we both felt when it was gone and then we could actually wipe the slate clean and start again and create some really exciting goals for ourselves about going on a holiday and just feeling like we've achieved something. It was really satisfying. And I think from a, a growth perspective for me personally, I really learned that, you know, it, I ditched that shame that I felt bringing the, the relationship to, you know, in, into disarray because I came with debt, but also realizing that I had a really supportive partner who was just like, let's clear that shit and move on with our lives. It was good. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> mm. Yeah. It, and I, you know, going back to the old phrase, happy wife, happy life. And having lived here now in the, the, the south of the, the U.S., uh, I've also learned the phrase, if mama ain't happy, ain't nobody happy. Whoa. Uh, and, like that, and it, and it's, yeah, exactly. And so, but, and it's not necessarily to say that, uh, the wife, um, has all the power, uh, in the relationship. It's more a phrase to say, look, if one of you isn't feeling good, it's going to affect the other mm. because you both love each other. You both want the best for each other. And if one of you is in pain, the other one's going to be in pain just, just because, uh, because you, you, you love each other and you're, you're a happy couple. And so when it comes to these debts and trying to work together with money is, is to keep that in mind is to say, you know what, we're, we're a team. I've got to, you know, have a little bit of trust and, and say, okay, well, let's do it. Let's try it and see how it goes. <laughs> Correct. 10 points for Dan Hines, uh, who's yes. from Adult Yes. 
<laughs> oh my god, that was is that is that like maybe the first? It's Harry Potter. I'm just guessing right now. Is that right? Yes. Because oh, yes, I'm, I, you know, I have never read a Harry Potter book, and I'm going to get so much shame no from the kidding. community. Oh my god! <laughs> when I admit that, people, especially in London and in the UK, are like, oh, "What?" It's like I've said, I've got three heads. It's like you are <laughs> disgraceful. So, um, I I did pick up on the reference, but I had to admit my guilt and shame. But also, I oh, think no. I've missed the boat now. It's good twenty years ago. Oh goodness! Uh, oh, well, that goodness. reminds me, there was a comedian that told a joke that i saw online and it basically was that you know hey becky how are you doing today and she said oh you know i'm a gryffindor and i'm not feeling good so i don't do all this stuff other stuff and he's like becky you're 32 you're not a gryffindor you're an adult just move on (laughs) (laughs) well that's me right now not even there you go yeah that's me good and look (laughs) Good throwback to your adultingwithmoney.com is oh, yes. where we can mm-hmm. find you. We've got time for a couple more questions, but we are going to throw to a very brief but very important break. Okay, Dan, we've got a little bit of time for some more questions. Okay. We are talking about money, about how to make sure you're working as a team and as a couple, and uh, also looking at a conversation I think that happens a lot in the Bride Chiller community, and that is the idea of joint accounts and when to jump into joint account situations, if at all. I know last episode, that was episode 321, uh, you said, you know, it's it's probably when you're working as a team, obviously a big step Mm -hmm. into teamwork is having shared finances because that's sort of part of the deal. Oh, sure. Uh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, you know, I think a lot of our bride chillers, bride chiller Kate and Natalie also asked about um, coming into the situation of buying houses and trying to get good credit ratings together. When is the right time mm-hmm. to make the leap, go to the bank, get the paperwork done and become one? Yes, with with joint accounts. So Correct. Uh, this conversation really revolves around, first of all, are you legally married? Do you have the, the marriage license? Is, is the paperwork signed? Because mm. before that, I would say don't get any joint accounts if you can. Now, if you have a small one that you're using to, to pay rent or something like that, you don't have to rush out and get rid of it right away. But the, the main reason is because of just the laws of the land, wherever you may be, and if something unfortunately happens to one of you as far as death or disability, as I, I believe – now, I'm not a lawyer. You really definitely sure. want to check with any local laws. But the, the courts are usually going to side with family, and you are not technically family yet. So so as far as before the, the marriage certificate is signed, be very careful about physically getting joint bank accounts together. You could still do it. Just be careful about it. Um, now, after – the marriage after the marriage license is signed and you are legally married then there's about every which way that you can do it you there are like my wife and I everything we have is joint every account has both of our names on it uh credit cards uh savings account checking account that's fine and there are some people who have very long and healthy marriages where everything is separate and then there are couples that have a mixture where they have maybe one joint account for the big stuff but then they have their little separate accounts like we were talking earlier for fun money or they have a little account over here that they're saving up for vacation and they're hiding it from one spouse because it's just, you know, it's like freezing your credit card. Sometimes hiding it away out of sight, out of mind is best for one of you. Hmm. So what it really comes down to, as I mentioned earlier, it's called personal finance because you want to start with the personal 
and then move on to the finance. And I think uh, Kate, when she was asking this question, it seems that she might be in an engineering or scientific field because she's really speaking my language about models and when does it fail. And any which way that you try it, it's going to fail if you stop talking about it. Hmm. If you aren't planning together, if you're not making decisions together, if one of you is just doing it without the other knowing, uh, if if the right hand doesn't know what the left hand is doing, that's really when it's going to fail. And I I know this because I I had a post that on Reddit that got to the front page of Reddit, which was fantastic. It got something like like hundreds of thousands of views and hundreds of comments. And it was wonderful. And what I learned after reading all of those comments is that they're very long and happy marriages every which way, all separate accounts, all joint accounts, some mixture in between. But the, the common thread to keep everyone happy was that they talk about it and they plan together. So if you are not quite married yet and you want to get started, and I talk about this again in my ultimate guide that I wrote, is that you can use software to keep track of stuff. You know, I personally, I like Mint, but there's like YNAB and Every Dollar, and there's a whole bunch of apps out there that connect to your bank account electronically and, and can pull data. You can't buy anything or sell anything or move money or open accounts or close accounts, but you can see everything going on in one place. So my wife and I have basically like a joint Mint account where we see everything. Now, the good thing about software is it doesn't care if your accounts are joined or separate, it doesn't mm. care what bank it's at. It doesn't care, um, you know, how much is in account. It's just going to pull information to help help you make decisions. So to, to help answer Kate's question is that, first of all, start talking about it. Start budgeting together, whether it's on paper or a spreadsheet or using an app, and then start on that. And then eventually you'll probably want to get joint accounts because it's going to make your life easier. <laughs> you know, it's just yeah. less, less things to track, less things to worry about. You don't have to worry about, well, gosh, my husband needs to pay for this, but I need to transfer money to his account. Uh, and, and you know, the logistics end up getting easier when you combine everything. And that's exactly what my wife and I did. We, started budgeting together not long after we were married and we were doing that for about a year and a half. Everything was still separate. And it wasn't until we moved into our house and bought a house that there was a bank basically around the corner. And I said, well, let's just move everything to that bank because they're nice and banks are banks. (laughs) Yeah. ATM fees are fine, all that good stuff. And it's close. And then once we, once we move, let's go ahead and make everything joint. And then we did. And you know, it was, it just made life a little bit easier, but don't focus on the joint account and the separate account and the logistics of that first. The first thing you need to do is have those conversations and decide, okay, here's what we want. Now, how are we going to go get it? Yeah. And you're right. It can sometimes, the good intentions of having a joint account can be there, but it is the moment of having to go to a bank and take all your yeah. ID and do the <laughs> shitty paperwork. Yeah. It's annoying, but it's only once you just do it and you get it done. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so it is, you know, I, my, what I like to say when it comes to, you know, eating and dieting is that if I'm going to say no to Oreos, there's got to be a good reason why I'm saying no. I'm not <laughs> going to do it just to do it. Uh, it's because I'm trying to lose weight or, uh, you know, there, there's, there's some reason behind me saying no. And the same is going to go for opening those bank accounts is that it's going to be maybe not a lot of pain money wise, but time and energy. It's just, ugh, like really? And and to get all through that stuff. So there better be a good reason why. And if it's because there's going to be a payoff because it's going to make your budgeting easier or it's going to make your life easier because the bank is closer or or whatever the case may be. Yeah, go ahead and do it. But if you're doing it just because I said to do it, that's 
I, you know, I'm pretty good and I, and I like my <laughs> advice, but don't do it just because I said to do it. <laughs> do it because you as a couple and as a family, like, yes, this is going to help us. And Dan said, it's probably going to be a good thing. <laughs> just he's, he's, he's gentle guidance. He's not a, tor- a tyrant, but he's strongly right. suggesting it's a good thing to do. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um, all right. One last question, and this comes back to thinking about, especially a lot of the people listening are, are possibly going through a quite intense money stage of their lives when they are putting money into a party slash wedding, and mm-hmm. it can be a little bit stressful. And uh, Bradshaw Alex said, how to plan a wedding budget that takes into account larger life goals? This is such a good question. Is there a good percentage of our income that should go to savings, home deposit, retirement funds? Uh, is there a recommended percentage of income that is good for a wedding, taking the longer term view of a lifetime? So I like that she's saying this is different for everyone. I realise that, but I wanted to have a starting point would be helpful. So I wanted to start that conversation. And I do think a lot of times people will say, oh, we just put all our money into the wedding and then you sort of lose <laughs> a year or two of your life and the rest of yeah. the fun money, the saving for a deposit or paying for a mortgage already, you know, health care. There are a lot of expenses that do continue. As you said, there are the expenses that keep us alive with the food and shelter right. that we have to keep paying because they don't, the bank doesn't say, uh-uh, you're planning a wedding, have a day off. It, it carries on. So I thought this was a great conversation to end our chat with about how we can mm-hmm. divert funds without just bleeding ourselves dry and not being able to leave the house. Right. And so Bridechilla Alex, I, she kind of answered her own question in her question was that, yeah. yes, I know it's different for everyone. And well, <laughs> honestly, yeah, that's that's kind of the answer right there. Because if you look back towards uh, wedding budgets in general, some people say, oh, you need to spend this much percentage on a venue and this much percentage on a dress. But in the end, what you want to do for your own wedding will change is maybe you don't care about the dress nearly as much as someone else. So you would rather have throw an awesome party and just have everyone have a good time. And the dress is maybe secondary or tertiary uh, to your, your primary goal of having a great party, which is fine. Or vice versa is that the dress is the thing. And that's what I'm going to spend the most money on. And that's, that's absolutely fine. So the percentage I don't really have a good percentage, 10%. Let, let's say 10%. <laughs> yep. and, it, and it's mainly just to throw something out there. And there's a lot of studying going on in behavioral economics and trying to get people to save for retirement. And the, the phrase is save more tomorrow, which is just get started today with like 1% of your income yep. or $100. Just pick a number and fit it in. And then next month, make it 2%. And the month after that, 3%. Rather than trying to say, I'm going to do 10% today or 15% today for the rest of my life, you, you gradually work your way up to it. Because going back to that, those thresholds that we were talking about with fun money and trying to figure out what's fair and what's not fair is all things money-related, you can boil it down to a monthly number. Now, fortunately, when it comes to debt, they give you the monthly number. Mortgages, they give you the <laughs> monthly number. When it comes to food, you can kind of figure out what you're saving monthly. But for something like a, a wedding or a vacation, you have a big number in mind and it, and it looks like a mountain in front of you. And you're not seeing the, the stages or the steps or the base camp to, to get up to the very top of the mountain. And so my biggest suggestion is take 
your wedding and and if you have a budget or a, a decent idea of how much you want to spend and if it's a year away take that big number and divide it by 12 and say yep. okay this is the monthly number that I've got to try to fit in every month until it happens and if I do that if I stick to the plan it's going to be absolutely fine so you know say you have your idea is $20,000. I'm just throwing out a number and uh, 10% of that is going to be two grand a month. <laughs> if that sounds like a giant number and that you're not going to be able to do it, well, that's because that's 10, you know, that you'd have to do that 10 times. But if the, if the wedding is two years away, you can back that number down a little bit, mm. but still reach the same goal. And I love to think of budgeting like a roulette table. So if you've ever played roulette, you know, you've got the wheel and you put the chips in the squares and the ball lands on something and, and you win or you don't. If you pretend your budget is like a roulette table and you've got these squares sitting down on the table, your chips that you get is your income. That's okay. That's the, the chips we get to play with this much. And you just move around the chips to get what you want. And next month, if you need to move the chips around a little bit differently to make it work, that's fine. You, you can you can move those around. So the best idea is to just try. Do do the first budget and say, okay, I'm going to try to shove this amount into our budget <laughs> uh, along with all those other goals. And then you're probably going to see, okay, well, that doesn't quite work. But if we move this over here and that over there, and, and it almost becomes more like a puzzle than it is a math problem. It, be, mm. it becomes more strategic than it does calculus. And that is one way where you can get started. Let's just say 10%. If it doesn't fit or you can do more, then you start to shift things around to try to make that work. Lovely analogy, Dan. And I totally, I, I was with you all the way on that. And I do think, you know, it, it just comes down to, it comes down to, well, I suppose just being realistic. And I know that's not a very sexy thing to say when people are losing their minds planning a sure. wedding and getting <laughs> trapeze artists or whatever the fuck people do. But to say that, you know, it, it's surely and especially, and I'm just going to be the Debbie Downer of saying you want to be able to feel that you are leaving wedding planning with happy feelings when you get mm -hmm. married and not just waking up with this sort of debt hangover of going, yeah. oh, my gosh, you know, what the hell have we done? And if you strip it all back, it's a six- or seven-hour party that's amazing, but it's mm -hmm. a six- or seven-hour party. That's what you're yeah. paying for, you know. And mm -hmm. I know that's probably not popular opinion in many things, but I do think, as you said, you know, planning for the future and think of all these amazing goals that you can set, holidays, boots. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> Boots, so, I say again. Exactly. Well, well, with that, you with the remorse part is that when you start to budget and you start to talk about that and going back to the roulette table of of moving chips around, when you're moving those chips around and trying to make things fit, you're consciously consciously, so if I could talk straight, <laughs> you are saying to yourself, I'm saying no to something else to say yes to this. Yeah. And so if, if you're saying no to retirement, to say yes to the wedding, at least you're consciously making that choice is that you understand that that's happening rather than just saying, okay, I'm just going to pay for the wedding and we'll figure it all out later, which is you're, you're just kind of putting on your blinders and running. Yeah. And so when you start to make those decisions, you get to say, well, maybe if we just push it off for a year or six months, we can make it fit. And then all of a sudden it becomes a goal that you love and that you want and waiting that extra time maybe really doesn't matter. 
Yeah. And, and, and I just want to say that that sounds like a really bad reality TV show. Say no to the <laughs> wedding and yes to the retirement. Um, yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, do not start a TV channel with that idea. We, <laughs> we will all be better off. <laughs> well, no, we, look, we could make anything work, Dan. I really believe it. Um, <laughs> Oh, look, well, thank you for your guidance and, and for sharing yes. your expertise again. I just really enjoy speaking with you, Dan, because you're a truth talker, but also you make things feel like they're doable. And I think that's, you know, the most important gig when it comes to money and, and just trying to get people to shift their perspective or just see things from a different point of view as well when it comes to working with their partner. Um, I really, I really think you do a, such a good job. So if people want to get in touch, you do coaching and also you've got a, a number of fantastic downloads and, and mm-hmm. things for people to use to hopefully help them. Plug your little heart out, Dan. Where yeah, can people get I in would, touch? I would love to. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So my, my website is adultingwithmoney.com. Uh, you can go to Facebook, Adulting with Money. You can reach me there. Uh, you can, you know, set, shoot me a message on Facebook. You can send me a message through my contact form on my website. But I, yeah, I've mo- mentioned a couple times the mm. ultimate guide that I wrote, and it's twenty thousand words. So it's not just a pithy little PDF. Like it's half a book wow. on this topic of of helping you as an engaged couple or a newlywed couple, you know, stop money fights before they start, and it's free. So if you would like that, go to adultingwithmoney.com slash bridechilla. Fantastic. You just put in your name and email, and it's going to come straight to you. Booyah. That is a decent, very decent download, and uh, I, would highly, I, I would highly encourage you to go and do it. Take the right step. And also, book an appointment with Dan. Have a chat to Yes, him. please. <laughs> <laughs> well, Dan, let's check in again in the next couple of months because I think this is yeah. going to, you know, it was a really popular, when I posted the, the call out for questions, people were really excited about it and we had some great questions as we've oh, heard good. today. I'm, I'm glad to help. <laughs> yeah, well, it's good and I think it's something we can keep the conversation going and, and as I said at the top of the show, it's really important for me to, to cover topics that are meaningful and also help people and guide them in the right direction when it comes to making sure that they're working together to have a solid marriage, not just uh, planning the party. So Yes, absolutely. So Thank any you. anything I can do to help. Good. You're a good you're a good guy. What are you a Gryffindor? <laughs> I I believe so. I, I I took the Pottermore quiz and I think I got Ravenclaw, but it's it's one of those things where my wife is is full on Hufflepuff, so oh I'm not God. really sure exactly what all that means. I'm more of a Star Wars guy, let's be honest. Yeah, look, I'll, t- I'll talk Star. I was going to say you're speaking Chinese, but I will talk Star Wars all day. There you go. Oh, is. there we go. Okay, all right. Well, we'll we'll talk about maybe like Jedi weddings next time. We'll oh, see please. how that goes. Let's go. I'm, I can imagine that will pique some interest. Uh, well, oh, I bet. Dan Hines, may the force be with you, and happy days. Thank you, Alicia. Have a great day. Thank you. <laughs> Chilla Podcast, empowering you to kick wedding planning ass every day. 